Welcome, welcome, listeners. We've done oodles of testing. If you like doodles and sketching. That's right, scribes and scribblers. It's the Nib Section, official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania. Today, I am joining a bunch of artists, largely due to a scheduling error, I imagine. Um, but we're going to be talking about fountain pens for artists. Uh, I'm here with Diana, our fearless leader, as always. Hello, Chuck. Joining us, we have a couple of people today. One, one who has already joined us, um, and one I'm not sure. Maybe has joined us, but not on an episode that I'm on. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. she's a friend of mine. Okay, but she's also, I think, the person who suggested this topic. Mm. Maybe. Oh, that doesn't sound like something I would do. <laughs> she, she also gets mentioned in every episode. Yes, At- because she's the creator of our logo. Yeah. So we've got Melissa Graf here with us. I assume it. Stops at Graf and doesn't continue to Von Faber-Castell. But uh, thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Thanks for the invite. And uh, also joining us, uh, we have our returning host, a hobbyist extraordinaire, Brian <laughs> Sapucho. Welcome, Brian. Hello, hello. Uh, as always, it is me, Chucks Montano. I was not given a whole amount of time to uh, write myself an intro for today, but let's pretend I did one and that it was mildly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> you should pay us to do your laugh track. Yeah, yeah. I should I should keep you guys on retainer for when I for when I go to places. What are we writing with today? I'd like to start with uh, our guests. Uh, Melissa, what are you writing with today? Go well, on, I brought today. all the pens that I used to do art. You, but, I, uh, listeners, you can't see, but the room is entirely full because Melissa has brought all of the pens. Yeah, just hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of them. Mm. So, but the one I've been writing with for the past week has been the Pilot VP in Twilight. In Twilight. Okay. What have you got inked up in there? Uh, just Noodler's Bulletproof Black. Okay. Oh. Uh, Brian, Brian has reactions to, to that word. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of uh, Bulletproof Black myself. But uh, that takes us to Brian. Brian, what are you writing with? Well, since I've been um, putting up notes on the notes using a Sailor Sapporo Pro Gear Slim in the autumn finish mm. from the four season they're very cute very very slim and small pens size does not matter yep mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it works really well and then this is the only pen that has a red ink in it so it actually punches my retinas every time i need to um write notes in what? a printout wait what color is that so it's white with like pink little uh, flecks in it no the ink is red so you see through it yeah but the body is, is the, what um the body? it's the... like ivory Ivory. It's got silver reflex it, um, in it. They call it lame ivory or something. Lame. Lame. It doesn't ivory. have that yeah. thingy. No, la- lame ivory is fine too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But it's pretty. Diana, what have, what have you got uh, um, on hand? Okay, I have in my Graf von Faber-Gastel Intuition Platino Ebony. Yeah, I know, the name's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> in my Intuition, I have my favorite, favorite, favorite green ink, Karandash Amazon. The discontinued um, yes. colors of the earth. Green. Please tease us with something that's <laughs> unobtainable. The, she does this a lot. <laughs> the pen. The pen is. It's nice. It's um, a double broad, which has been ground to a cursive italic. But the ink. The ink is spectacular. Um, it flows so nicely. It doesn't. Doesn't have a great deal of sheen, but it's just this really rich, dark, foresty green, which is still kind of 
bright. It's very hard to describe. I've heard it compared to a number of the diamine greens, but it's it nothing really compares to it. And certainly the current green that um, Curran Dush makes, it looks very different. Grab a sample or a bottle if you can. But yeah, maybe you gave don't, me a sample. Don't, yeah, don't don't bid against me because I will fork out for that stuff. <laughs> Just to annoy you, you're missing one bottle out of that collection. No, I found it. What? I had the whole set of Colors of the Earth things now. I found a bottle of Caribbean Sea online, and I paid over a hundred dollars yeah. for it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I would just assume. not really. I, I was quite disappointed by Caribbean Sea. Like it's a but very satisfied that it's a set. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I now That's have the, only the completionist nine, side of you is satisfied. All nine colors of the earth. Okay. How about you, Chuck? Uh, I have a gift from uh, one of our Melbourne FPO members who has decided to, because I was uh, talking about potentially buying a Conid regular at some point in the year after I've reached a savings milestone, which is uh, to have some. Uh, but <laughs> he has thankfully lent me his uh, Conid Minimalistica. Shout out to Alistair from uh, Melbourne for your very generous donation. I offered to send him my Nakaya, but he refused. Um, oh, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Brian is waving around his almighty um, Conid. What do you call that? Giraffe. Yeah. Giraffe. Yeah. His, 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 his Conid giraffe. Conid giraffe, uh, which, which I believe is... he got from Ollivander's. Um, <laughs> but so, no, who's the other one? The other one maker. That's that's like the fiftieth time someone sort of heard it as a word. As a word. So Gregorovich. Yeah. So correct. So it's I'd, not a wand. It's the way you wave it around, though, Brian. <laughs> no. Uh, so with the Minimalistica that I have, which is uh, much more uh, demure in uh, length, is uh, I've got uh, Franklin Christoph uh, 1.9 Shadow Steel Music Nib, which is great and is pretty much the closest I'm going to get to to uh, Diana's um, Sailor. King of Pen. Yeah. Uh, King Eagle? Yeah, it is, but it, it's, it's pretty How fantastic. How dare you it compare it with that? Hey, look, I'm, I'm having a great time with wait, it. Wait, what, what is Shadow Steel? It's just a, it's just a dark steel. That's just, okay. It's just the finish that uh, they call rhodium it. Ah, rhodium-coated. Yeah, yeah. And it, look, it's, I'm having it a great time. It looks good. It, it does nice look good, pen. and it is filled with noodlers... Apache Sunset. Oh, yeah. The ink that will not dry. Mm. Well, oh, yeah. on... on I, so I put it either dries too fast or never. I put some in my 823 FA and I did like full flexed writing on uh, Tomorrow River and 48 hours. <laughs> I did 48 hours and it did not dry. It was quite ridiculous. But uh, look, I'm having a great time with this. Thank you, Alistair. I- I've given him a Nakaya pen kimono as a thanks. And I'm now going to hold it hostage and I will send you uh, <laughs> pieces at a time, maybe the ear when I can find it. <laughs> so today, 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 fountain pens for artists. Now, guys, we uh, not all of us are writers. Not all of us are journal keepers. Some of us just make scribbles you know some of we us do art. yeah some of us uh you know make pictures and uh, some of us uh, are better than others at it and some of us are really just coasting by on the most basic inclusionary criteria you don't have to be modest chuck i know you make art <laughs> I, I yeah I, I i do i'm i'm you guys are, are artists and i'm more like art ish i don't right. consider no, myself I'm an art ish yeah. now i'm just a bored person that's it <laughs> but how how do um each of us uh, make art like doodling, sketching? Uh, what pens do you use? I know, kicking it off, Diana, you're a big fan of watercolors with your. Uh, I know that I've seen you use watercolors with your uh, fountain pen. Um, art. I don't so much use watercolors as I hoard watercolors. Right, right. <laughs> Just the color that you hoard. It's a yeah. common theme with you. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I do, of course 
use them, but I I have plenty of watercolors. I have no real intention of using. No, I I have nearly the full set. Right, I'm getting there. But there are some that I see no point in getting, like really poisonous cadmium colors. And、right. um, I think that's the one that I'm curious about. The cadmiums,、mm-hmm. yeah. no, no, the actually, poisonous part. The poisonous yes.、Yeah. Um, what is it? Mercury, the salt of mercury, the one that makes the vermilion urushi. Ah,、um, that's poisonous. Yeah, but that's very pretty.、So. Well, it's like with perfumes now, which is another thing that I hoard. There's more stricter guidelines on. The type of chemicals that you're allowed to use in pigments. So I've got to recommend colors something. Colors get taken off the market. I've got to recommend something poisonous and very pretty. So, <laughs> yeah,、um, in recommendations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so leave that with me. It's so a good I, way to、uh, be poisoned. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, <laughs> so I don't so much make art as I I enjoy collecting art supplies. I enjoy coloring in. I doodle and I paint every once in a while. But it's it's more. <laughs> I collect fountain pens and I collect inks and I collect. Art supplies, so sue me. So, so that should you,、uh, you know, should the、um, mood seize you, then you can make art with whatever combination of tools that you deem. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I I won't pretend to do it with any great aptitude or facility, but、um, I can muddle along,、mm. <laughs> and I enjoy the process. That's more important, I think. Yeah. Because I don't make art to, you know, it's like people when they color in coloring books. It's、yeah. a sort of、um, meditative. It's a happy making activity. Yeah, that's as far as an art that I do coloring in、yeah. books for adults.、Mm. Uh, it's mom, something to do with your hands. My mom gave me one of those, and then the paper wasn't fountain pen friendly, so I kind of. That's <laughs> that's why I、oh, that's I trace my own paintings. Yeah. Okay. Trace it.、So. Melissa gave me、um, for my birthday. Melissa,、oh, who is my、yeah. um, best friend,、um, she gave me a set of drawings, a a three size, a three, a three、yeah. size drawings that, that she traced onto. Oh no, she did she trace them? I、They're, drew them straight yeah. on. Yeah. So a set of I think like ten or twelve line drawings, which I'm meant to be coloring in. Personalized coloring book. Pers- a personalized coloring book for adults. That's really sweet,、yeah. actually. On watercolor paper, that's very fountain pen、that's、and、really、ink friendly.、Sweet. I've got to write that down for if I ever date an it's artist. It's a great idea, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, depending、so、what you draw, though. So, yeah. So I have to get back to that at some point because I'm I'm like halfway through four of them and I've completed only one, <laughs> which looked beautiful. Thank you. How many pages were there?、Uh, were there thirteen or twelve?、Oh. I can't remember. No, I think there were twelve for every、so. month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on to you, Melissa. What's、uh, what? What do you tend to do for your art? Is is there is there a big use of fountain pens, or is there is there not very much? Yeah, I draw only with fountain pens basically now. I do a lot of stippling, which is not something most people do with fountain pens. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah,、uh, it's usually like a paintbrush technique. Paintbrush with color pointillism, but、um, mm. fine liner, fine liner for because you want the nice round dot. Right, right, right. Whereas a fountain pen won't give you that. Yeah,、oh, I've seen your work. That's insane. So、yeah. stippling is a process where you create like shadow and depth using tiny, tiny little dots, right? Yes. Do you、and、find I like tiny, tiny little <laughs> dots? Yeah, <laughs> but it's very laborious. And so people, when they do that with fine liner, they find they wear down the tip quite quickly. Yes. Do you find that you get like bigger dots over time when you use a fountain pen to do stippling? With、or、a fountain pen, like I mean, do you use a fountain pen for stippling because it's harder to wear down the nib, or just because you like using the fountain pen? I like using the fountain pen. So a fountain pen is something I already have.、Mm-hmm. So if I want to do stippling, it's more convenient for me to do that. 
but also buying a lot of fine liners, especially the 0.03 ones, which is what I used to use for stippling. It becomes quite expensive over time, especially since the the tip does wear down and you won't get the same uh, round dot every time. Whereas at least with my fountain pen, I'm going to get the same shape of dot, even if it's not perfectly round, for a much longer period of time. But do you find over time, like over years, it, uh, it, or over the process of a very long, very large piece of work, that it does become quite inconsistent? Or uh, well, here's the here's a nice here's a less nice way of putting it. Um, are you damaging your pens by doing <laughs> stippling with it? <laughs> quite possibly, because my my decapod, the Nakai decapod that I had, used to be a super extra fine. And over time, it is not quite so super extra fine anymore. And I'm pretty sure that has a lot to do with, like, repeatedly smashing the tip of it into a piece of paper, yeah. <laughs> it is still your decapod then, up until now, for your yeah. stippling. Yeah, yeah. But think how much money you save from not having to buy yeah, all those fine Well, I, maybe I should have bought a less expensive pen if I wanted to save yeah. on that. Preppy. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Brian? With your uh, infinite uh, hobbies that I that I hear about, <laughs> how, how do you find you make uh, your art with fountain pens? Okay. So the thing that and without the thing that makes it pretty is not the fountain pen for me, but the ink. Because I know you can mix all of the colors with just three uh, primary colors with um, watercolor, but I don't have that power or knowledge to mix my own colors. To and... paint with all the colors of the wind. <laughs> yeah, I cannot. Yeah. Not colorblind, but yep. it's just that it's already there and you know that that's the color that you like and then you just use it. I don't even actually pick the nib size. It's just so much that if I want one color, then I pick the pen that has that color in it because my pen usually holds only one type of ink, one color at a time. Yeah. Forever, actually, <laughs> since I bought them. Permanent pairings. Two years ago. I also got into fountain pens because of ink, in that I enjoyed working with ink first, and then fountain pens kind of came later. And it really was more less about using a fountain pen to do stuff than it was about having an ink delivery system that didn't require me to wash my hands every time I used it, uh, which has not worked out well. I'm still, you know, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still splotchy. It's fine. It's art. Yeah. On its own. Yeah, I started sketching and painting. I uh, st- started sketching and drawing well after I got a fountain pen. And I used to paint little uh, miniature figurines, little Warhammer figurines. Well, after or well before you got into fountain? Because you said you you got in. You started drawing. After well, you got oh, well pens. after, yeah. well after I was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I started sketching maybe two, two, two years ago. Oh, and I, okay. How yeah. long have you been using fountain pens? I, I'm surprised I don't know. Oh, like I've been, you. no, I've been using fountain pens since I was like maybe 22, okay. 21. Right. Okay. But um, I have, I am 28 <laughs> still, <laughs> coming up on 29. But, um, and I used to paint like Warhammer figurines. Yeah, where I got like a very good sense of miniature color and i didn't have to worry about perspective because it was already 3d uh still my greatest weakness um, apart from fire um do you only have one eye a cyclops yeah yeah definitely um i and i'd like to paint with an eye patch as you know um Ah. but i i got a really good sense of color and blending from there which didn't translate to ink but the the detail did i i quite like the character of ink more more than any other medium. So from looking at your Instagram and your Facebook and the stuff you share, I think, Chuck, you like doodling and you like drawing and you like making like art with words. That's 
like typography ty- type yeah, stuff. You, yeah, you, are you interested in that sort of thing? Yeah, I suppose because the majority of me, I write every day, and if I if I don't write every day, then I kind of feel a bit weird.、Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't make Art that day. If I don't、uh, either touch my bass guitar, if I don't draw a thing or write a thing, then I feel weird, and that's part of sort of my my self care for every day. I, I suppose what、uh, something to is t- typography is a way of blending writing and art for me. The majority of what I do every day is like song lyrics, and then I make them look nice,、uh, and then I take a picture of it and I put it up. So instead of just it being a status of, of song lyrics, which makes everyone worry about you,、um, then it's a, a drawing thing, which、uh, you know <laughs> makes it a more silent cry for help.、Um, <laughs> uh, if anyone else wants to chime in at any point, I'm happy for you too. It、uh, just got me thinking. If a lyric is art as well, then when someone writes a story or literature, then that's an artist. If well, you're not, using content, then. But、yeah. it doesn't say it here. I feel、uh, like we、mm. should keep it to visual because、uh, I <laughs> I asked the question, "What is art?" and one of our hosts got a got a real like.、Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but、um, what I, I, it seems like we're all, we're all using very different methods. So, like,、uh, Dana, what what pens and inks do you recommend for art? I like I said before,、um, I didn't really draw so much with fountain pens until I started painting with watercolors、um, because I like I like the fact that I can use a waterproof ink and use that for line drawings and then I sort of color them with paints and I don't tend to use colored ink so much and I actually bottle, got a bottle of、um, Noodler's Bulletproof Black or is it just called、mm. Noodler's Black? I got a bottle of Noodler's Black specifically. For drawing, because、um, Melissa recommended it as something that once dried was not going to budge even under washes.、Um, so I've been using a bit of that in my Pelican M two hundred demo with a fine nib. But I've also been using、um, the Diatramentus. I think they're called、um, document inks. They、mm. come in blacks and browns, but also some really colourful shades, unusual colours like pinks and blues and um, greens, um, oranges. Interesting colours that、um, I think artists recommend. Actually, I got onto those because <laughs> Sophia and Jenny Saunders from Larry Post they recommended that as something that artists might find really nice to use because they're colourful、um, and not just your average waterproof ink. And、um, I also tried the usual、um, Sailor Kiraguro and Platinum Carbon Black, but they are a little bit slower to dry. So、but、the Diatramentus is do nice. Do they budge once they're dry? Like、uh, they Kiraguro, I find. Takes a long time to make completely waterproof, and even then, under a heavy wash, it will still smear a little bit. Platinum、okay. carbon black is a little bit better. Okay, I guess I'm sticking with the Noodles bulletproof black then.、Mm. Um, I got it for a lot of the same reason that I would use a brush pen or a fountain pen, and I would do the lines, and then I'd be able to wash、um, some ink on there,、yep. and you know, create the illusion of a, a textured、uh, of a, a textured、uh, paint. So you use、um, ink with like a water brush? Yeah, so I'll kind of like. With the piston or the、um, cartridge converter, I'll just yeah drop a little bit onto a brush full of water, and I'll use that.、Um, and just with the way that it dries, it makes it look、uh, it makes it look as if I have intent on painting things instead <laughs> of just filling a space. <laughs> yeah, that that's it for me. I think I mean use what use whatever inks and、um, pen work for you. I have found 
uh, Noodler's Bulletproof Black to be a great adjunct for when you want to frame something um, or just to uh, set out the basis of it and then build from there. As far as pens, I tend to use, I like the FA nib for the 823 and also just anything like I, I, I'll usually go with a medium. I don't, I don't do anything too fine. Um, mm, that's yeah. the opposite to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian, what would you recommend with pens and inks? Um, I think the focus from what I hear from both of you is permanence. I'm the opposite. I use the lines. So I make the outline first with a um, like normal ink, like mm-hmm. Konpeki or Japanese inks that are not permanent. And then you use a fine paintbrush dipped in water and then you bleed it through to the rest of the yeah. paper. Right. So you're making a gradient across. So, so the non-permanence is part of the feature. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, that is... That is exactly right because so far the ones that I so my grand project mm-hmm. my hope Ooh, you have a grand project let's hear about it I'm not always part of your body the, of work is this the child yes. of another project or? yes yeah. yes it is <laughs> no I don't know well um, I did get bored at one point with all of my other hobbies so I did try to trace like when all of those adult coloring and coloring in books were a hit i thought might as well make my own so my purpose was initially to make 36 views of mount fuji um from the um, artist uh, hosakai uh, or hokusai hokusai. Yes. Katsushika hokusai. hokusai still my favorite artist and i think my only yeah. artist that i love so he has 36 floating, i've only managed to make three floating uh, world. four yeah oh, sorry floating world that's what that's floating what the, world. i think that's what the genre oh gosh jonathan no, would know this a, um, no 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 i mean printing. i mean the genre of um the style of art that he creates don't know um, i think he made his own because previously it was focused on people mm-hmm. only at that time like yeah. making wood plot printings for like great artists at the time like uh, kabuki Mm-hmm. artist mm. but he incorporated people as a sideshow of the um, grand scheme which is mother nature which mm. is mount fuji in this case listeners feel free to add us if you know the answer to what we're asking <laughs> what it is if, we'll it afterwards. yeah yeah <laughs> do that um but mm. it's fun that way um so you're creating a series of um i'm just your, your versions of, of um yes vision, what's I, it called something of mount fuji uh, 36, 36 views, views of Mount Fuji. He has another series which is 100 views of Mount Fuji. I'm not going to go there. So what is he? Grand, is it like grand a, yes. No, no. It's like a from 36 different angles? Uh, he, no, I was going to say, is went, it like a 10 degree he differential? Went, yeah. <laughs> he went to 36 different locations in Japan because the reason why they love Mount Fuji so much is because most of the time you can see Mount Fuji from anywhere you are in Japan. I don't know how far it goes, but he did that. And I find that as an OCD, somewhat OCD person, it's... Nice. The completeness. <laughs> there is a theme, there is structure, there's always Mount Fuji in there, and it's 36. It's, he completed it. Great when, number, 36. Yes, when he was 72 year old as well. Yeah, so you, um, you got to complete it before you're 72. Yeah. You have a long time. Yeah, You'll be a proper grandpa then. he did then. it within like a few years or something. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, with all of those four that I've done, I've only used one ink, just oh. so that I don't Which ink clash. is that? So I've done um, the most famous, the off the Kanagawa, Great Wave off Kanagawa mm-hmm. with Konpeki. So, so, so you need to buy like lots of Konpeki so that no, if your project, well, if your project like lasts until you're in your seventies, yes. Konpeki will be discontinued but, by then. No, so. 
this is what I added onto that rules. It's the um for every view I put different ink color. So I've done Okuyama as well, and then Tokyo Matsu and Yamadori. Melissa. Okay. Okay, so what I use is based on what my need. So my Pilot VP, I use that because it's convenient and it doesn't have a cap for me to lose. So when I'm sketching, that's very important to me. My Nakaya Decapod, I use more for the actual stippling. And it's actually really light, which if you're holding a pen vertical stippling for hours at a time, and some of the pieces like take 75 to 120 mm, hours to do, that's important <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, for... Yeah, every artist wants to look after their hands and wrists. Mm. And I actually use a uh, vintage Waterman 12 for sketching as oh well. Because the eyedropper capacity. Nib. Yeah, oh. but also I can flip it over onto the back. And because their nibs are really flat, yeah. I can lay down just really mm. large blocks. Broad strokes. So, yeah. So when I want to get down some really quick lines, I'll use the tip mm. for a fine line and then block out the shadows just using the reverse really quickly. Mm. We all use them very differently and... Um, different processes and I think what we have next is I spoke to urban sketcher Liz Steele who draws and paints in a way that none of us do she works out on plein air she does usually um, on on site sketches of people and buildings outdoor locations primarily Um, she works with different colored inks and some of them waterproof and some of them not and she usually uses ink and wash so um, she puts lines down and then watercolour or watercolour first and then puts lines through them. Um, so there's, it's interesting to look at people's process because what you find is that there is no real right way to do it. I mean, Melissa will mash her nib yeah. into a, a paper a hundred million times. <laughs> and Goosebumps that's fine. In inside. <laughs> right. And um, you can use... Um, ink that will bleed with water and maybe that's part of your process so um, as long as you look after your pen um, and you're getting the effects you want then don't be afraid to make art with your fountain pens well said diana Uh, we're going to go to an interview in a second uh, and you can hear a little bit more it's lovely to meet you at last. I feel like I've been watching your videos for years and your blog is such a valuable resource for people, not just getting into watercolour and sketching, but also finding new ways to use fountain pens, mm-hmm. which is relevant to our particular podcast. So would you mind describing yourself just briefly Yeah, well, for our listeners? Yeah, it's lovely to meet you. So I didn't know there was such a thing as a fountain pen podcast. So it's been great to kind of listen to you all talking about great crazy fountain pens, which I don't have any idea We're about. We're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I'm originally an architect and I don't know, 10 years, 11 years ago, I discovered watercolour and started Mm -hmm. painting and drawing and was in the right place at the right time, joined a couple of online groups and was part of Urban Sketches right at the beginning and just started showing my work online and things started happening. And so five years ago, just a little over five years ago, I left my architectural job just to see what happens and now I teach sketching classes on location like in Sydney, Australia, around the world and also online courses. But my blog has been where I really started... I started writing about my art and thinking about my art and I find that's just a very creative process. I find your writing about your art to be extremely clear and thoughtful. I love reading blog entries by people who obviously know what they're writing about but um, manage to phrase it in a way that's very accessible and clear to just a wide range of people including laymen and that's what I really like about your blog. And also the Greek photos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I suppose it's because I'm an architect. Architects talk about their work. I think artists don't 
necessarily talk about their work mm-hmm. or process. I think sometimes artists hide their process a little yeah. bit. So for me, it was really just, I don't know, it's just like a diary writing and thinking through. For me, if I'm writing about my art, I'm actually far more creative because just the, the act of thinking through, what did I do? Why did I do? What, what went wrong there? The fact of thinking through that mm-hmm. and then trying to write it gives you clarity, which then gives you incentive to improve or to, I don't know, try new things. So that, for me, I just... I just love it. And I mean, I haven't been blogging recently in the last, I know, six months, and I really miss it. My sketching has been affected by it because I'm not writing, I'm not thinking about it. So, um, yeah. So, when you're, what I really, um, I, I took one of your courses, the Watercolor Now, I think. Well, um, Sketching Now Watercolors. Sketching Now Watercolors, I'm yes. sorry. Yes. I haven't used the hashtag in a while because why I've forgotten <laughs> about it. Um, but I took the course, and what I found really enlightening about your process and how you work is how every sketch is like a learning process. Yes. Um, and it's, they don't have to be complete or, well, they are complete, but not, they don't have to be perfect. perfect. And you make notes about the process next to the sketches like each one is a working work towards something else yes. you know there are, um, and you can really clearly document your process or your progression from one idea or one technique to another across time and yes. so it's like you're teaching yourself at the yes. same time that you're teaching us exactly yeah and yeah. I wonder if a lot of artists work like that because it's been a long time since I did art in high school. And we would, of course, we did visual diaries and we documented process and experiments in those days. But I haven't sadly fallen out of touch with that aspect of my life and a lot of my friends in those circles. So um, do you know if that's how most artists also work? I think that perhaps, I mean, not being an artist coming through it from architecture, mm-hmm. I think that generally artists have a sketchbook, which is where they work rough and they keep that to themselves. So you don't actually see their progress okay. and then they use that as research for their big artwork so you you often only see the masterpiece you don't actually see the scrappy yeah. sketches and everything and but what's the mystique <laughs> exactly totally but what's really happened in the last 10 15 years through well like danny gregory um mm-hmm. and um everyday matters and he's written a couple of books about this idea of keeping a sketchbook of your life so keeping a diary and drawing things and writing things down and then urban sketches is all I mean is all about getting outside and having the courage to to sketch out on location and honestly when you're out on location getting a masterpiece yeah. is really challenging yeah. because so many things can happen Limiting factors so, so yeah I think and, and for me it's that idea of keeping a sketchbook that's really important so I have like 200 sketchbooks and it's a document of my life for the last 10, 11 years since I started. And even the early ones, even though I don't like the sketches, it's it's a record of a time and place. Um, and you can be proud of how and and, and exactly. And you look back and you think, oh, I remember thinking that was really bad at the time. And it's fine. I can see what I did wrong now. But it's also that like, the writing aspect for me as well is really important. So it's not just the artwork. Mm-hmm. It's actually... The writing, the composing, the, text, com- composing the, the page. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's your architecture trait, <laughs> exactly. to be honest. How, like, even text and image and cantilever is somehow balanced. Yeah. It's just incredibly well composed. It's just that's, a joy well, that's to look actually at. a game for yeah. me. It's like, okay, let's, like, before I start sketching, I'll flick through my my sketchbook and go what have I done the last couple pages oh it's all been very boring let's Mm -hmm. just mix it up let's put something really low and horizontal so I actually play games with it and if you do a bad I mean that's one of the great things about sketchbook if you don't like the sketch you can still make a pleasing spread out of it but you can do a nice heading or you know do some writing down the side but also the writing I mean I love looking back through my old sketchbooks Mm -hmm. because it's like 
I remember, so I often remember the sketches, but I don't remember some of the side things. And so I go back and I read the, the writing. and Or sometimes I remember how I was hungry or hot or what the person next to me was saying. And I then look back and like that's what I wrote down the side, yeah. but I actually remember it. But So it's a bit of a combination mm-hmm. of the two. I didn't write this down in my notes, but would you mind telling me a little bit about the urban sketches? Is, is it like a movement? Is it an organisation? I've been hearing about it so much over the last couple of years, mostly through my involvement with fountain pens and getting involved or following a lot of people on Instagram and on blogs who are clearly urban sketches. Um, But it sort of seems to me like it came out of nowhere, but you're telling me it's been around for 10 years at least. Yes, it just had its 10-year anniversary last year. So it started a guy in Seattle, worked for the Seattle Times, Gabby Campanario, started a Flickr group 10 years ago. So Flickr. This is like... (laughs) This is like a badge of honour. If someone was like, I've been following you since Flickr days. I mean, Flickr, I love Flickr. I, Flickr was the best social media platform for artwork, definitely. For me, it was um, Live Journal coming oh, okay. from um, a different community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, so I won't get sentimental about Flickr. But, and, he, and he just thought, oh, I really love sketching out. I love sketching the city. And so he start, just started this group in Flickr. And then about a year later or something, he, he then started this group blog. I mean, I remember when he started the blog, it was like, wow, what is amazing. He'd handpicked, you know, 20 people from around the world who all were out sketching on location and they were all sharing on the blog. And then I got, had the great honour to have been asked to join as a correspondent in that first month. And I can remember getting the email from Gabby and thinking, my life is that about to change. That was when you got started, really. It was, so was I probably been doing yeah. it for a year. Yeah. But I just knew, I knew when I got an email that my life would change. And so what then happened is that then because of this incredible bond that we had through um, sharing these things into the one place mm-hmm. on a blog and talking about it, so it's not just the image, yeah. it's actually writing an article about it, which is, you know, like I love Instagram, but like that whole aspect of writing about your artwork is le- is getting less and less now. Yeah. Then people started meeting and then they had their first symposium in Portland, Oregon in 2000. So it just then started growing. And so now there's hundreds of regional groups. I don't know the figures, maybe 10 tens of tens tens of thousands of people internationally that are all part of this group so it is big it isn't it's a non-profit organization yeah so there's a manifesto which is kind of like this focus to help us really champion the idea of sketching on location Mm -hmm. because it's so much fun like people go oh prefer to sketch from a photo but when you're actually out on location and you're sketching you suddenly become part of the world and people stop and talk to you you notice things that you would never do if you're just taking a photo and keep walking so there's something really special about i've seen them a couple of times around the city yeah, actually yeah. and especially around the rocks yes and um the harbour bridge area yes they're so picturesque yeah 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 and i've always wondered what are they doing <laughs> exactly i mean you know people's you know, I've had people people stop me when I'm been sketching on the street, and they actually, oh, are you an urban sketcher, and oh, I follow you. You know, oh wow. <laughs> so I've had I've been recognised numerous times. It's amazing what the internet just it's facilitates. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. So now I can basically travel. No, not quite anywhere in the world, but like most places in the world, I can travel, and there will be a local group that I can meet yeah. up with. I was just back from Perth, so there's a local group in Perth, so they mm-hmm. took me out a couple of times, and that's oh, amazing. So yeah. So it is, it's an organisation and a movement and it's taken over the world. That's fascinating. <laughs> oh, I love it. Do you find that it brings a lot of just very disparate types of people together? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's, I mean, that's one of the things. And also the nationalities. And I think that that was one of the things that it brought, like that original blog, the original correspondence were all from different countries, different walks of life, different personalities, very different distinct styles as well so some art groups have this tendency to be very similar style but I just think 
Urban sketches just embraces variety and personal expression. Yeah, and it takes on the uniqueness it, of the place. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Right. And when we get together in symposium, it's really funny because you see all these people sketching in their own styles at different places. Mm-hmm. And they learn from each other. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, some nationalities kind of have a distinct style mm-hmm. as well. So, like, I feel some of the say, Spanish people, there's something that's very Spanish about the way they work and the Asians have a very distinct way of working as well. So it's kind of cool that way. So you can actually can see. Yeah. During one of your lectures, you, you linked, I think, to um, a Singaporean artist. Yes, I, I Paul Wang. Yes. Who's yeah. actually here today in, oh, in Sydney. Yes. That's but I find I think it was you were mentioning the interesting ways that he uses scraping yes. and in, co- in combination with watercolors yes and I just find his sketches so dynamic and yes. colorful yes. and but they're very Singaporean just yes. like Teo's like very Singaporean, Singaporean. yeah yeah and um like they're very in love with their urban architecture yes. and that bustle, which is, I think, very uniquely yeah, Southeast Asian yeah, yeah, and exactly. Singaporean. Exactly. Um, and I think, because I'm from Shanghai in, in China, and I think um, sketching there would be a completely different like vibe. Yes. Like, it could be very hard to find somewhere to sit where people wouldn't bother you and um, the colours of the city is just very different. different. So I yeah. can understand yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's another amazing artist called, called KK from mm-hmm. Penang. Yeah. And when I went to Penang, I looked at his work and I went, oh, it's so Penang. It's so Penang. Yeah. Like I understand his work after seeing where his natural environment. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun that way. And yeah. do you think they look at um, the Australians and they think, oh, it's sandstone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know, it's the bright colours. I think I have yeah. very... Australian sense of colour. Because we have such bright sunshine over here. Yes, yes, I think the bright colours. And so, you know, some of my friends in Scotland have very muted colours. Um, when I go to Scotland, you know, I put Which is loose. its own kind of beauty. I try to tone yeah. down, but I can never tone down quite enough. So it's yeah. kind of fun. It's um, like um, it's your fun. sketching style is your personality. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's why people go, oh, what's, what, what colours do you use? And I go, well, mm-hmm. I use like cerulean blue chromium because it's the colour of Our Australian size. sky. But if you're in, you know, northern Europe somewhere, that might not be the colour of the sky. So don't, don't necessarily use it so um, I find that's really interesting too that the kind of colors of the like lo- the location affects then the paints in your palette let's get into the way that you work yes you mentioned that you got into your first fountain pen maybe when you were 10 years old yes by calligraphy yes and learning calligraphy when did you start thinking of the fountain pen as a drawing tool well I suppose I started using the fountain pen all through high school and then when I went to university I was using it um, then as well and I was only using like a cheap Schaefer pen but like had incredible flow and so I was drawing with a fountain pen as an architect designing doing very loose loose you know sketches all the time and the funny thing is one of my design tutors he'd always see me first on the on the design day and then he'd he'd pick up my pen and start drawing with it and then wouldn't give it back to the whole day so there's something there's something lovely about (laughs) there's something lovely about the flow of ink that you get out of fountain pen which you don't get out of any other type of device but pen you know pen pencil that kind of is linked with my idea of designing and creating so um, that's yeah so you know then used fountain pens and work in the workplace as well but for actual drafting you can't use a fountain pen can you no you can't I would use it for design sketching and like when I'm actually designing floor plans and whatever and also maybe a sketch to show the client but if I was to do any freehand drawing like construction details or anything I would I would use a fine liner. You know, like the deliverables, they'd have to be. Well, they're CAD, but I still did yeah. e- even you know even up to you know six years ago. Mm-hmm. I was still doing a lot of freehand drawings, like to issue to builders on site. 
so so much quicker yeah. and it, it doesn't actually need to be on the computer if it if it can can read so i did want to use fountain pens more for some of those drawings but it's a little bit a little bit harder like yeah. you kind of want it to be a little bit drier so you were sketching and you were doing drafting in fountain pen when you started using watercolors again or- yes picked up watercolors around 10 years ago which came first you did you like initially just started painting and then using ink with it or were you like sketching and then decided you know let's put some watercolor down I was I had been kind of trying to keep like doing sketchbooks and sketches as an architect but then when I discovered was actually through Danny Gregory and Everyday Matters I discovered this idea of sketching a lot and I also discovered watercolor so it was definitely the watercolor that got me sketchy because I wanted to learn to paint so therefore the drawing just had to happen as opposed instead of the getting the drawing a barrier it was like the drawing just happened then I started to learn how to paint and in those early days I read you know a couple of people said you know Lammy Safari so that's it oh great that was, that was around everywhere even yeah yeah and it's like oh great excuse to buy a new fountain pen so that was yeah that was the first how old is your Lammy Joy your your white Lammy Joy my white Lammy Joy <laughs> my I have to take a photo of that. yeah yeah my white Lammy Joy I think actually interesting it's five years old and actually yeah five and a half I actually the first record I I've got of using it in my sketchbook was actually the day I resigned from my architecture. <laughs> so it's kind of this symbol of freedom. But I was using the black version um, earlier, but I lost two of those. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they there's are. a guy, guy in dark. The, yeah, there's a guy in the pen shop in Sydney that was in um, Winter Gardens or before that across the road. Right. I don't know what it's called, but anyway, the, the guy I went, I, I went there and said, oh, you know, I've been using this. Safari was actually the clear version, so it's the Vista for sketching. Is there something else? And he he put the calligraphy pen in my hand and said, "What do you think of that?" And I went, "Wow, I just love the balance of it." So we then swapped the nib, and then I think it might have been another visit he sold me the gold nib and literally I was too scared to put the gold nib in the pen I'm glad I did it because I lost two versions of it so it's much nicer than the steel <laughs> it is so yeah so this is like yeah five years five five years of use and I love um the gunked up ink I, know, it's like, I couldn't it rem- bother to clean it it reminds me of um it kind of looks like the charcoal um what do you call the blenders yeah, made yeah, of paper oh yeah 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 that's smudging at the top that's... and this bone white color yeah so I've 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 worn out the I've worn out the seal, so I need to get a new seal for it because the lid doesn't. Oh, the rubber seal. Yes, the the two um, the O rings. Yeah, the O ring. So yeah. I've got to find a grey O ring. So, but yeah. No, apparently I put, I put a I'll put a poll on my blog a few years ago because one of my urban sketching friends said, "Liz, you need a new pen." And I I asked everyone, "Should I get a new pen?" And everyone said, "No, no, no." no. <laughs> and then I got an email from Lammy Australia saying we'd like to give you a new <laughs> new pen. So I have a spare white. I have a spare white. Joy just in case just I need it. The, the O-rings from the new one. Onto that I know. One. <laughs> I know. But then the new one won't work. But, <laughs> but I, you know, like. The joy, it's just like I put, like, I've got the pen in my hand at the moment while we're talking and I feel like sketching. Mm-hmm. Like, I put it in my hand. <laughs> no, I, uh, I it's put it light, in my hand. It's but it's, it's fairly long. And it's long because I think the, the difference between sketching and drawing, I mean, sketching and writing, is the fact when you write, your grip doesn't change. So yeah. you just write. But when you sketch, my grip changes all the time and you also want to sometimes keep hitting the glass with my pen (laughs) um so i'm like you know like i have a sideways grip i you know if i if i'm doing something detail i might put my hand more in a traditional grip Mm -hmm. but i put my hand all up and down the 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 body of the the tail hold it very loosely and i hold i hold it very loosely Mm -hmm. and i haven't found any pen that has the balance of that i mean i would like to have a pilot or or is it platinum makes yeah that's just pen as well but it's too thin 
So it's yeah. it's too top heavy mm-hmm. and the tail is too thin. And the green sailor pen oh, is a good very one. Long. That's a good oh. one too because it's long. Yeah, that's um, the food aid that's got the, turned up now. Yes, which is wonderful to sketch with as well. So that's 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 a good pen. That that feels good too. I mean, I've got particularly quirky mm-hmm. um, likes with the pen, so I can't I can't you know draw with a heavy pen, which is while we're here. Limited. Let's just go over the pens that you, you've got with us today. There's your white Lummy Joy with a gold a gold nib. nib. It's a, is it a fine or extra fine? <laughs> it was extra fine, but now it's um quite thick. I don't know. It's probably a medium, maybe even a broad. <laughs> so it's funny because like just sketches worn. are all oh, like you got to get an extra fine nib, but like no, I like a thick line. If you're going to draw with ink, make it strong and and bold. Yeah. So I've got then that's my workhorse, and yeah. that's what I I use a lot. And then I've got a sailor. I can't remember the. The yeah, name the actual it. name, but it's a green, it's plastic. a green plastic pen. It's fairly long bodied, a cigar shaped with a steel food nib. Yes, yeah. yes, and, and this is a fifty-five degree nib. You can oh. also get a, a navy blue one, which is a yeah. forty-five degree nib. Mm-hmm. So, I'm um, in terms of expressive lines. This is my favourite pen to draw with, rather than a flex, which is my third pen, which is a recent actually a gift. So I don't know the total specs on it, but it's got an FA nib and it's a bit more flexy than than say the the Falcon, which a lot of sketches have. But I don't sketch with flex as yeah. much because I think flex is more designed for Providing. people who work all work slowly and do lots of curves. So if you draw lots of people, then the flex is good. But because I, it's hard to control the flex when you're um, trying when you to draw it. So you've got it. Yes, you've got to go quite slowly, and I'm super fast. So the food a type of nib suits me better because it gives this lovely line with a with a real big like big bead at the end. So it gives a kind of very expressive, which is great for drawing lots of straight lines. When I, I actually. Draw you you meant you mentioned my King Eagle nib when we met. Yes. I actually got my King Eagle because I was thinking of using it for drawing. Yes. And I bought it from a guy in UK who said he'd been using it for drawing as well, for sketching, because it gives you a lot of variation just yes. with angle. And yes. you can turn it upside down and get a very um, extra fine line nice. as well. Which I do with some of my other ones. I yeah. know I've I've tried was it King of King? King of, King of Pen is King the, of pen. The pen. King of Pen. Yes, yeah. King of Pen. Yeah. So I've tried some Quite up. Big, though. Yeah, it's too big. Yes. So that's kind of my, my the bane of my existence is finding a nice pen that is very light that I could put a fancy nib in. Yeah. But then if it was too expensive, I'd worry that I'd lose yes. it. So this is the thing, and I've got all, you know, and if it's yeah, and if it's heavy, then it's just more weight. Um, the the custom seven four two, which is what you have the FA nib in, that's quite heavy though. Yes. So yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. So I don't use it very often. Mm-hmm. So I just do it for like little little sketches. And you also have a prayer. Is that for writing? Okay, so for writing, I have a prayer. So I love the, actually the thing I like most about the prayer is the the click it makes when you close yeah, the cap. It. <laughs> it's like crazy. Slightly of a swoosh sort of sound. Every time you do it, smile. So I have, and that's an that's a fine. So that's for writing. So I have different yeah. uses for writing. So for one bullet journal, and I also got a hero a hero pen that I use for headings. A bullet journal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I also use a Twisby Eco for writing at home, and also the preppies as well. So like I have different pens in different places at home depending on but mainly for writing so I'm a lot less sensitive about what pen I use when I write that's than true because you're in a controlled environment yes. and you can take your time yes and when I write I like to write kind of small and well particularly my bullet journal mm-hmm. it's all about being fine and neat and writing small so which is not at all what I do when I sketch it's more about looseness <laughs> Loose and yeah. Go for it. yeah 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 so um talk me through what would be your typical process when you're sketching on location would you be carrying all three of these pens would you be having different inks in them like 
Well, at the moment, it's unusual that I only have three. Sometimes I've had up to five and each one would have slightly different colour in it, coloured ink in it. This is just what was in my bag at the moment. So, yes, I do. I do like to have like a brown or a, a grey just for variety as well, which might, I've got a brown in the food nib as well. And like when I, when I sketch, I kind of just decide before I start which pen I want to use depending on the time. Because there's no time when you're sketching to switch Pens, yes, I, I do. No, do? I do. Okay. So, so kind of posting like some some people just getting off topic a little. Some people hate the hate the joy because you can't really post the posting yeah. the cat. I'm surprised is a bit you haven't bad. lost the lid. No, because what times. I do is I hold all the nibs. Yeah. I'm often got something in my mouth. <laughs> I actually hold hold the caps okay. in my in my right hand yeah. and then just put them back into the into the caps um, and I can just pull them out. So they're kind of like desk pens in my hand. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I have done sketches that have multiple coloured, two or three coloured ink pens in it, which I kind of love doing, and I love mixing up um, paint and ink as well, which is very non-traditional. Most urban sketches draw with ink and then they come and put wash over the top that's the uh, most is common that, is that what happens so they draw they do the out the sketch and then yes. they, they come. Feel, come in in color yes. and then maybe they go back and refine mm. with additional line or maybe a little maybe. bit i mean the problem with fountain pen ink now i'm not well all the ink that i have is when you go back over dry the it paint yeah. it's a little bit thicker so you've got to be careful yeah. to draw on the back of the nib or 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 lighter your pressure just so you can match the line weight but most people will just just do all their drawing and then come in and paint that's the most so sometimes you you put down the paint and then you draw over it yeah. do you have to wait for it to dry completely or no. is it well I don't because <laughs> okay, so, I tried this in one of your lessons and maybe it was the ink that I was using or the paper but I couldn't get a line to show up or okay maybe just it was too wet too wet yeah um, but yeah I do I yeah I do a lot of that kind of drawing in because I I mean kind of funny thing is like you know the sketching world just wanted um just wanted a, a permanent ink that they could put in fountain pens apart from noodles. So, like, we found, like, Diatrementa's ink mm-hmm. is just the best. It's just so amazing. That's the document uh, That's the document or, yeah, document range, and it's got different colours yeah. as well. So that's great because it's, it's, the pigments are fine enough so that doesn't, like, I just started close. using that recently, and, yeah, it's really good, and yes. it dries faster than... Fast. Um, platinum carbon black okay i've never i haven't used that that much okay. but i've you know i've got got the desk pen and stuff but anyway so the fun thing about when i draw into the wet with the attriment is because the pigments are so fine that it will actually start bleeding and like sometimes i get black pom-poms on my page that's fine that's all part of it so yeah but the funny thing is like we finally got this good permanent ink and what mm-hmm. do i do I just like try and wreck it up by drawing it to wet. <laughs> it's kind of like, why not? Blooms of blooms yeah, of yeah. Nano yeah, yeah. So you've got a line that changes from being crisp to slightly blurry to very blurry, and then I mean that's, that's just that's all. Them. That's why I use fountain pen because you can get amazing variations yeah. sometimes by doing crazy things. But I mean that's just me. <laughs> so using fountain pens, what would you say are main advantages of using a fountain pen above using a traditional like um, a fine, fine liner or? What other would they use? Um, oh, they could use a uni ball type pen. Oh, but they get yeah. kind of like gross, like splodges of yes. inky no. stuff. No. Yeah, I don't yeah. Like. Fine um, liners, well, I think preferred. The thing I love most about fountain pens is the is the flow. Is the fact that you can get and it's kind of I love that it's kind of wet. Like I just think it feels beautiful. So for me, that's the main that's the main reason why I love fountain pens. And also because you'll get a lively line with a little bit of shading depending mm-hmm. on the ink you're using. It's not uniform. As it's well. not uniform. But most people would use it like fine liners. They're 
the tips on the fine liners are really, I think they're designed more to write more vertically. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's really easy to wear, to, it to wear it down and it doesn't work. So you actually end up going through a lot of, a lot of, and they're you know, expensive. They're expensive. So that's one of the reasons with a fountain pen because you have it for years mm-hmm. without having, maybe replacing a D ring. Yeah. <laughs> I know ring. D-ring. D-ring. Oh, 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 where the D-ring came from. <laughs> but um, like effects like you mentioned um, where you're drawing into wet or slightly damp surfaces and you get that sort of bloom. That's, yes. that's part of the character of yes. drawing with the fountain yes. pen. Yes. Um, what other? Are there any other? And then the variation way? too. So yeah. even okay. even with that, within even with a steel, even with a steel nib, you can you can change the pressure and you can draw on the back yeah. of the nib. So, so line variation line and also variation. like um, when you get shading with Yes, yes. And also more colours. So like Diatrementors have their CMYK set, um, which they actually kind of, we were talking to them at the time and, and they said, oh, well, let's CMYK. do this. So they've got, they've got like, you've, you know, you've got a, a magenta. A, I haven't used those yet. Yeah, so they come in little, they come in little bottles okay. and so you can mix any colour. So I have, I mix a raw sienna out of using yellow and brown. Um, oh, so they're you can mixable. Act, they're mixable. Oh. And they've all, I even got a dilution solution. Okay. So you can mix whatever colour ink you want that in the Diatrementors. Of, um, of a lot of um, the Sailor Storia, which are also mixable inks. Oh, they okay. come in these beautiful little, little colourful glass bottles. And they're mixable, and I think they're meant to be waterproof as well when they're dry. But, oh, um, okay. I, yeah, but I, they, I don't hear a lot about them because maybe the oh, Sailor's quite hard to, to get, get in Australia, yeah. and I've really only seen them online. Okay. But that's another option. But yes. you seem to be well and truly, like, you, you've worked out something that works for you, yes. and that's the Diatrementus, those yes. colored inks. Yes, yes. Um, there's also Super 5, um, which is a German brand, which brought out some ink, different colored inks, about five different colored inks. Like, okay. there's an orangey color called New Delhi, which is really nice, and a Franklin, and I can't remember all the colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're and, all they're all safe to use in fountain yes, pens. Yes, and they've just come out with a cartridge version of the ink too. So this, I mean, yeah. one of the big things, the bi- I think the biggest barrier mm-hmm. to fountain pens for sketches, well, maybe, I don't know. I don't understand barriers to fountain pens because they've been part Neither of my life. <laughs> Get over it, just a pen. Um, but it is actually, you know, like re- that the maintenance of refilling with ink, mm-hmm. especially when you're travelling. So that's why I like the carbon, the platinum carbon desk, uh, the desk pen is great because it comes with carbon cartridges. So it's the most easy, you know, easy pen for a starter the, to use. One of the most common... Um, questions that we get on the Facebook group Fountain Pens Oceania is, is it safe to fly with fountain pens? Oh, I was going to say, I had it in my notes. It's like crazy, crazy, crazy. What's the worst thing that can happen? Just spread some tissues around it. So, you know, there's all these series and Brian Goulet did this great, great video where it's actually on a pen. I sketch. He does amazing Q&As all the time. so much. I fly with my pen all the time. I I sketch during takeoff, which is one of the things you never do. I sketch without, you know, they say make sure you your cartridge or your mm-hmm. converter, whatever, is full of ink. I just get on the pen. The, I just, you know. It, it's it's the worst that could happen. Like bit of ink on your hands. Exactly. I mean, I know. I know for some people, ink on their hands is the end of the world. I understand. Badge of honour. That exactly. I don't have any to do. Actually, I do have a bit today. <laughs> like, if it's not... If it's not pen, it's paint. I mean, you know, that's that's part of the fun. But yeah, so that's that's I mean, how you recognise another um, a fountain pen. Exactly. Pen. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a former architect. So yes. I noticed that you like to draw a lot of buildings. Yes. And I love buildings. <laughs> I love your buildings, especially when you go to um, Italy. And I think there's such a you show a real appreciation for the space. Yes. Um, and 
the vibe just of the place as well. Do you think that fountain pens, I think fountain pens are really well suited to that sort of the straight lines and the kind of volumes that you draw when, yes. when you're on vacation. But do you think they're also suited to drawing things like animals? In, like, really yeah, anything. there's no limits. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. No, I mean, as said earlier, if you were sketching more people, animals, you might find that like a flex pen works really well. Okay. A flex nib doesn't do much for me when I draw buildings because, well, I mean, I can vary the lines, but I'm doing the straight straight lines. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I was doing a Baroque building, maybe. But yeah, no, you can do anything with a fountain pen. No limits. Yeah. I need to, I need to get out and draw more. Um, yes, that'd you be do. great. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned a few artists in Singapore because we were talking about Singapore. Who are some other artists that you can recommend who do interesting things with paint and fountain pens? Oh, no, I can't answer that because too many. Or, or, or just, just draw with fountain pens I mean, that just, you can recommend to our listeners. I would just say, depending on what, I mean, if you're on Instagram, just go and look at the Urban Sketches hashtag mm-hmm. or, you know, and just try and find, you know, some people yourself. I mean, KK, um, he does a lot of things with actually twigs. And KK? KK, um, don't ask me what his real name is. <laughs> Do you know his Instagram handle? Is he on Instagram? Anyway, I'll have, I'll we'll, have to, we'll, have yeah. to, we'll have to have some links. But yeah. um, isn't that embarrassing? I don't even know what he's doing. <laughs> I just, just KK. mental blank. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Singapore urban sketches are the ones that really got us into using hero pens, which mm-hmm. are like a Chinese version of the of the Fude nib. Yeah. So, they're the, so they were very much in the forefront of all kinds of interesting fountain pens. But, I mean, there's just sketches everywhere, like, could not cheap disposable and fountain pens in a wide variety are just everywhere when you're in east asia like yes. in like yes. japan and i think india singapore taiwan china they make a lot of different types of pens because yes. that market is so big and they yes. can absorb it yes so i'm not surprised that um, yeah. the use of different types of nibs just come out comes out of that area yes, that yes. and also the chinese i mean you know the the, the food nibs for chinese characters yeah. so they've got that heritage of mark making mm-hmm. with ink while i was um actually something i wanted to comment on so my father is a calligrapher mm-hmm. but he never actually drew but he's a chinese calligrapher i should mention <laughs> but in chinese and japanese art there is this tradition that calligraphy and painting goes side so by side yes. and that's something that your work also reminds me of you know like that poetry is accompanied by a sketch yes and the two are sort of in harmony and yes. they have to work off each other yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, um yeah, I, yeah. were you inspired by that or I was it just, but it's a, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing too. That I think it gives it a there's a greater richness mm-hmm. of when you're actually combining words and line and watercolor. Like you know, traditional watercolor is just you know very yeah. fine pencil, just watercolor paintings. But I think there's just something very rich, and particularly in the context of sketching, there's something very spontaneous mm-hmm. about doing that and about yes. switching between the two. So it was not I love ink and wash so much because I like I like the fact that you know the ink is doing some of the work and the painting is doing the others, and you kind of can get these lovely lost and found edges where I might have drawn something in the ink but not everything in ink and explain, that's what, explain the concept of a lost and found edge a lost and lost and found edges is when you basically in photography terms you might overexpose and underexpose at the same time okay. so you you so don't foreground sort of disappears into like background light or, light light areas yeah are not painted mm-hmm. uh so anything that was okay. like you know not painted and not even outlined and then the dark areas might be merged together so like when i do my teacups i often have the light coming from the side so i'll never draw the rim of the teacup yeah 
fully. I only draw the shadow side of it. So when you do that, then the viewer, you're kind of, the viewer has to meet the artist halfway. So there's this lovely thing where your eye is filling in the details. It's and that's uh, more really abstract yes. as well. Yes. And so it's like, oh, you didn't actually draw that. Yeah, but I could re- understand it. So that's where I think it's, it's a kind gesture of, towards a form that's like sort of half there. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so when like traditional ink and wash, so when you, yes. when you get a pen in your hand, it's really hard not to just keep drawing mm-hmm. and drawing the details. You know, part of the reason maybe because fountain pens are just so, so, so addictive that you start drawing and you keep drawing and you go, oh, I better put some paint in. That's one of the reasons why I like putting some paint down first because it just gets me to realise, oh, the paint, I don't need to draw an outline if the yes. paint is actually creating That's something you, you say a lot during, um, during your video lectures or your, in, your, your, courses. Class, your yeah. courses, just stop fiddling with it. Yes. It's about trying to capture something with as little as possible, Yes, really. Minimal lines, minimal color even sometimes yes but it's about simplicity i think yes. as well yes. which comes with confidence as well yeah. so i mean that's my particular okay. take on like my definition of sketching is that it has to be done quite quickly and it's quite spontaneous but a lot of urban sketches do a lot more elaborate work and that's absolutely fine too but my emphasis is more on that kind of really quick and i'm always developing techniques to work quickly but still with a degree of accuracy that Liz the architect needs <laughs> yeah so normally looseness and accuracy like time if, if you're going to be quick it's going to be loose it's going to be mm-hmm. less accurate but I'm trying to be loose and quick and, and still accurate, accurate. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I just kind of challenge for myself come on I come at it from a different angle with a little bit of um, art history and some yes. Chinese painting background okay yes. where it's really in Chinese writing and in drawing really they say the hardest thing you can do is a single stroke because then your attention is completely focused yes. on that stroke and tiny imperfections. There's nothing to distract you from yes. that single stroke. Yes. Yes. And so trying to draw a person with a single stroke, for example, or yeah. write a character that's just one stroke, that is the essence of perfection, really. Yes, exactly. Once you can do that, that is your level of skill is just, yes, you know, yes. up there. I mean, it looks really simple and people exactly. don't people don't appreciate. They appreciate, like, the things, like, if you look on Instagram, the things that will get the most likes will be the things that someone has drawn every single brick yeah. because, you know, everyone can relate to, oh, Photorealism. time, time yeah. the time that's taken when they see something that's really simple. So, like, when I draw buildings really loosely, I know what I'm looking at and I get these tiny little intersections and relationships yeah. that I get right. And when I look at some of my friends who are really good at drawing paper, People. they're loosely but they've got some there's just these tiny little details that are right when I draw a person loosely it looks it looks naive because I'm not as skilled I don't know I haven't really developed my skills when in drawing people so it's it's really interesting so that's yeah fascinating what you're saying about that's once again that, that and Chinese the, calligraphy impact and in the process of simplification really I think there's more decision making involved exactly and you have more choices Yes, right? <laughs> exactly. Your you're more choices and also you're telling a story. So yeah. you're making, it's the interpretation of what yes. you thought was interesting. And what's important to that, or if you're drawing a person, you know, what do you want to draw attention to? Yeah, as I, when I was like this years ago, I was in New York with two urban sketches, oh, Veronica Lawlor, who does a lot of dip pens and stuff. And we're in Central Park and I was sketching the staircase and the fountain and her and a friend, Margaret, was like, oh, look at these people here, look at those people there. And I didn't even see them. <laughs> Yeah, I was just drawing the stairs. I went, ah. And then all I were doing was looking at people and all I was doing was looking at the architecture and the space. Do you find when you travel, and, and I think you must travel a lot for um, urban sketches and for your uh, for my own, workshops yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and for sketching, Yes. do you find that you travel now with a different eye? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I travel to sketch. Mm-hmm. 
So when I travel, that's when I'm like full-time sketching and recording stuff. I mean, I'm teaching now, so now that I teach, I actually do less sketching than before. But, yeah, definitely, yeah, like you go to a museum, I much prefer to go and find one or two things than maybe sketch. And maybe even I don't even go into the museum because I like the exterior so much. So I do a lot less, but I think the quality of my experience... Do you pay attention to different aspects of the city, do you find? I'm trying to... I mean, I used to, when I was, you know, working as architect, I used to go, right, where are all the architectural features and just go and... And sketch them. Now I'm much more interested in interesting spaces and I'm trying to make sure that I get a a more variety of, like that's kind of one of my goals is like when I go there I want to draw the signs. I want to draw those little bits and pieces that, you know, bring out the character. Bring out the character place. Yeah, and draw more people as well. So, yeah. So it does. And you go, what what do I need to sketch? What am I going to? Because you can't take as many. I mean, you can take many, many photos, but you can't sketch as much. I tried, but I haven't made it yet. (laughs) I I was trying to sketch as much as I used to take photos, but not quite. But, yeah, so you kind of got to make a decision. What do you want to sketch? And, like, some people, they go, if I do a sketch a day, then they've ticked the box. Mm -hmm. But for me, I would like to be able to sketch as much as possible every location. So as much like you would take a photo, I would like to Do you to still sketch. take photos as well? I forget to. <laughs> to it's a different it. brain. I mean, I want to start getting, I want to start doing vlogs and doing more video. But that but would take time away from I sketching. Know. So, at, so Instagram stories when I travel is lots of fun because that's like, you know, just 15 seconds. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is what I'm doing now. And so that that's kind of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I can do that while I'm waiting for the paint to dry too. So that's that's the other problem. I sketch so much. That oh, you it's take like, a sip of tea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, if you can find a cafe with a good view, that is the ultimate. But, <laughs> but yeah, like I used to like, so because of my tea drinking and stuff, you know, I would actually search out tea rooms. So okay. that was something I would, you know, if there's a tea room, I'll go and visit and sketch it. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it definitely changes your perception of travel, which is one of the It's really like cool um, now when I travel, especially in Asia, I ask people online, are there any good fountains exactly. in that city? Exactly. And I will book my accommodation to be close to those shops. Oh, no, I've never done that. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of sketches I obsessed with art shops as well so yes. i understand that but i mean i kind of reached the point where i was like don't i don't need i don't need anymore that's true you know but it's it's fun to see what they have locally and yes. what they're into yes and also you don't need to buy souvenirs because your sketchbook is a souvenir so and i think the other thing like i had a um, long service leave trip um in 2010 yep. which started i started the trip by going to the symposium in portland and i remember like people said oh what's your best you know, what's your best experience from that trip? And it's like, it's the feeling I had when I was on the plane coming home because I had developed my skills so much from sketching nonstop for 11 weeks that, wow, that it was like, I ate sketchbooks. I mean, these days it'd be, well, I'm actually got 11 11 weeks. I've got an 11 week trip this year, actually. And I'm really stressing because like, I'll have 10 kilos of paper. <laughs> my sketchbooks. I just like, get them both. Oh. I have to ship them back. I yeah. know it's a bit risky. I'll take a photo. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was that kind of idea that like even when so when you sketch, like at the end of a holiday, you've actually developed your skills in some way, or you've met you've met sketchers who have given you ideas. Mm-hmm. So you come back with new ideas and go right. I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna sketch my city more, and you never end up doing that. But it's always a good feeling when you come back. <laughs> Work catches up, catches up with you, and you get never find never find time to go out. But that's one one of the things that I think urban sketches is really great for. And I particularly, I would say my the, my friends in Singapore going there is like I mean Singapore is not architecturally the most interesting place, but they love they have go- lots of looks, nooks and crannies. They do, and they cook it, but they like kind of celebrate newness. N- you know anything? You know housing estates like these are these I are. Do. 
They are very interesting. Yeah, so, but, but you know, I would think, oh, I had only interested in drawing Baroque Italian buildings, you know. Yeah. But no. Have you been to Hong Kong? No, on my list. Hong Kong is, it's architecturally interesting, but they've destroyed or pulled down so many of the old buildings. Yes. And it's really quite sad to look yeah. back at photos from the 40s and even the 70s and see the change. Yes. Okay, moving on to my questions. We've already covered a lot of the tools that you use and the inks that you prefer. Yes. Any tips and advice that you'd give to people who are just maybe starting out and hoping to develop skills in drawing with fountain pens and maybe urban sketching, mm-hmm. like just for beginners? Yes. So in terms of pens, a lot of people stress about what pen to use. And I mean, I think Fountain pens are kind of hard because you really do need to feel them in your hand to, to, to know if they'll suit you. But I would, my recommendation for people is just like, go and buy one. Because chances are you're not going to end up buying, that's not going to be the only fountain pen you have. Like, you know, you're probably going <laughs> to buy another one or two that's or three or 30. Um, so find one. I mean, the most, the most off the shelf easiest one is the, is the, the platinum desk, desk pen because it comes with cartridge. Oh. Okay, so it's like simple, easy, don't worry about it. And then I would say to people, just use it. I, I have a lot of friends, I get a lot of emails all the time from people saying, oh, my pen's scratchy. I'm, you know, I once got an email from someone saying, I'm, I'm traveling the UK with your beloved joy pen and it's not working. I'm going, my pen's here. So people have a lot of problem with scratchy pens, but I think a lot of the time they're just not using it enough and they, they let it sit, they, it's sitting for months and they go, oh, my fountain pen, I'll start using it. And then they, they, or they, they leave ink in there. Yeah, yeah of course, of course, ink's in, ink's in there. Right? And it's like, oh, it doesn't work, throw it aside. It's like, no. Get, get using it right with it and, you know, be a little bit more conscious of whether you're twisting your, the pen in your hand because a lot of people when they write, they twist the pen and that's a bit of a problem. So in terms of, yeah, so I would just say don't overstress it. Just go out, buy a fountain pen, you know, buy a Lamy Safari and just give it a go and use it and, you know, get a feel for it. Um, in terms of drawing, well, we could just go on for hours about drawing, but, you know, the essence of drawing is just slowing down and learning to see differently. So that's kind of a different, a different skill that you've got to, you've got to develop and you start seeing the world differently and that's when the magic happens. But it's really, there's no, very little difference. So if someone's only drawn with a fine liner or like a ballpoint or they're live, do you think there'd be like a steep learning curve to learning to draw with a fountain pen? I think they've got to just try and loosen their grip and maybe try and not draw so vertically, just kind of like try and vary their angles a little bit more. But I just, yeah, I think if you start writing with it, then you get it, you're used for how it feels in your hand and then just start drawing. It should be similar, but I mean, I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've always used fountain pens, so yeah, yeah. And I think um, you're, you have a blog series, a series of blog posts at, is it just lizsteel.com? We'll link to it in the show notes where you take us through... I think it's a series of like seven or seven, nine seven, se- seven. Yeah, posts where yeah. you take us through what kind of pens to use, how to clean them, ways that you can use the pens, and also some resources that yes. link to, yes. um, like the like lots Goulet. of Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's such he's so invaluable. I think to yes. the community, he's yeah. such oh, amazing. A reservoir of knowledge. Yeah, but there's almost too much. Useful. I think I think the barrier for fountain pens is because it's you know too fancy. I mean, look at you and all your fancy. You know, you fa- fancy fancy pens. So people think of it being that high end specialist. They start rattling off nibs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the entry level, like sketchers don't want to use expensive yep. pens. So you know, like the Platinum Preppy, I love that pen. I love the Prera. And, and I the love Prera. the Pilot Cocooner as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the Metropolitan. Like I've listed. Oh, it's a bit heavy for uh, me. I agree. The but the cocoon is very cute. Yeah. So there's a lot of really entry-level pens now. Just go and buy one and just have fun. Perfect advice. Thank you so much, Liz. Oh, thank you. It's <laughs> been so much fun. <laughs> 
All right, that takes us to our recommendation section. Now, so each of the hosts is going to give a recommendation that does not have to be pen related.、Uh, let's start with Brian. Okay, so with all of my hobbies, I'm going to recommend one of them.、Um, so if you got a chance, browse Squarepeg Studios, Google it up. That's where I learned how to. Do my silver smithing quite some time ago, and I've been enjoying it up until now. But I've started to get bored again, <laughs> so I might move to ceramics after this. But yeah, if you got time, do check it out.、Um, they do. The they do workshops. Really、uh, yeah, it runs over seven weeks for in, in two、Sydney. hours each. Yes, it's in Merrickville. Yeah. Okay. But it's very good. Very local. <laughs> yes.、Yeah. Inner West. What about you, Melissa? So I'm going to recommend a science fiction web comic that I've really been enjoying since 2015. It's called Mare Internum. You can find it maremcomic.com by Dershing Helmer.、Um, how do you pr- how do you spell that?、Uh, Mare Internum. Mare Internum. It's Latin. I don't know how to pronounce、oh, it. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always useful that thing. Show notes.、Um, yeah, and it's due to complete in April, which I'm really excited about because it's it's for mature readers, but it's really ex- about Uh, people on Mars and their exploration of isolation、oh. um, and perseverance. When two people find that it, their reaction to something going wrong, but it's really beautifully drawn、mm-hmm. and illustrated as well. Okay, awesome. I'm going to recommend the color yellow. <laughs> there's, there's not a. <laughs> well, it's just, on theme. I'm just going to recommend the color yellow. I'm going to do a thing now where I'm going to do one happy week and one sad week. Yeah. Because、uh, <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've been pressed. Yellow on is、that. a happy color. Yellow is a happy color, and next week will be black. No,、um, <laughs> it, but it'll be something a little more、um, morose, maybe, or a little more melancholy. What about you, Diana? If you want to close out our recommendation section.、Oh, um. I've been giving really terrible recommendations recently, so this is something I actually prepared. It's a festival called. It's a music festival that used to run every year in Timbuktu, in、um, Mali, and it's called Festival in the Desert.、It、took place every year, and it was、um, based on the traditions of the Tuareg nomads of,、um, I think, the northern desert of Africa. Des- deserts of Africa. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not good with geography. But what they did is they gather and、um, they camp in the desert, and then they perform music live to each other. Usually traditional Mali music, but you know, with sound systems and、um, people just setting up this temporary festival, really, in the middle of the desert. And、um, several times they had like international guests. Who、um, like I think you two played there once.、Uh, if anyone's、um, going to play at a festival, of course like that, they did. But、so. Robert Plant as well. <laughs> yep.、Um, and、um, there's a few CDs, maybe not DVDs, but definitely a couple of CDs that were recorded of the festival in the desert on location.、Um, so check those out. The music is great,、um, really good. If you like world music. Um, but the sad thing is that the festival in the desert has been in exile since 2013 due to unrest in Mali. I think because of civil war and also、um, terrorists.、Mm. So good、oh. luck to them in Semi-tone exile. Semi-tone deaf, and I hate the heat. <laughs> Not for you. You have no soul, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, people have called me that so many times. You're also from、I'm、Indonesia, so like a relationship with heat would would be implied, but no, no. All right, well,、uh, thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you for joining us, Melissa. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Brian. Always a pleasure. Thank you again, fearless leader Diana. Thank you, Chuck.、Uh, um, as always, I'm Chuck Montano, and until next time, listeners, ink well. 
Future episodes of this podcast can be found at thenibsection.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hop on iTunes, rate us, review us, recommend us to your friends. Want to share your thoughts, suggestions, feedback? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at thenibsection at gmail.com. You can also comment at us on the Nib Section Facebook page or at the Nib Section on Twitter and Instagram. The Nib Section is the official podcast of Fountain Pens Oceania. Our producers this episode were Diana Dyer, Chuck Montano, Patrick Antolovich, and Denise Tang. Editing done by Patrick Antolovich and Denise Tang. Our music was composed by Michael Pierce. Our logo was designed by Will H. Smith with artwork by Melissa Graff. Thanks for listening.